Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Luna the Podcast. My name is Carolina Salazar, also known as the Carolina Lifestyle on TikTok and Instagram. My goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality, talk about all things holistic health and wellness, and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luna the Podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here today. So grateful you're tuning in. As always, I know I say it in every single episode, but I really mean it. And if you are new around here, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, hello, I'm Carolina. I'm your host. And today's episode is literally amazing. I got to sit down with Sif Heider. She is the co-founder and the CEO of Array, and she's also the host of the Dream Bigger podcast. If you're not familiar with Array, it is an amazing holistic wellness brand. It has 100% naturopathic and doctor-formulated bloat and calm alchemy capsules. These are amazing products. I'm literally obsessed with both of them. And essentially what they do is they help you supercharge your digestion and relax your mind. And they launched two years ago. So they've been doing amazing and I've been following them since the beginning. So they have grown so much and it's just been so cool to see their journey evolve. Sif is also a content creator. And as I mentioned, she has her own podcast called the Dream Bigger Podcast. So make sure to check that out. And on this episode, we had an amazing conversation about the reality of entrepreneurship, what it's like to work for yourself, what it's like to work through perfectionism as a entrepreneur and the ups and downs that come along with entrepreneurship and how to move through them. So I thought that was a really valuable part of our conversation. And we also get to hear Sif's perspective on how to stay sane as an entrepreneur and how to show up for yourself and how truly an entrepreneurial journey is in itself a spiritual journey. Because when you embark on a journey of betting on yourself and betting on your ideas, you are literally going to face so many different blocks from your ego, so many limiting beliefs, and so many circumstances that are out of your own control. And so it really is a spiritual journey in itself. And it's something I'm learning a lot as I step into the shoes of being a full-time content creator and entrepreneur. So all of that has been really coming up for me. And so it was really valuable to be able to talk to her about it and to get her perspective on it. And we just had a really natural flowy conversation it went by so quick and i'm just so excited for you guys to be able to hear it as well so with that said let's dive into the episode and i hope that you enjoy it i'll see you on the other side we're in for a really amazing podcast episode it's an honor to have sif here today and welcome to the podcast Thank you so much for having me, Carolina. Honestly, the honor is all mine and I'm so excited to chat. Amazing. I would love if you started off by just sharing your sun, moon and rising. 
So sun is Leo, moon is cancer, and rising is also Leo. Amazing. I freaking love Leo energy. I would actually say it's one of my top favorite signs. I wish I was a Leo. How does being a Leo feel like to you? Honestly, I I, I think it's the best sign. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I hate to say it, but I really do. Um, I feel like we have so much fire in us. And um, like, I don't know, I think that Leos are just a lot of fun. So I love being a Leo. Um, I love how like driven I am. And I think like my Leoness always comes through. Yes. I have an Aries rising, so I definitely have a lot of fire. A little fire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely love the fiery energy. And I feel like it's just inherent in being a self-starter. And I feel like Leo energy is also just like queen energy. You know, it's just like magnetic. (laughs) I love it. So I love that so much. And we're in Leo season right now. So was your birthday recently or has it not? Yeah. No, it was um it was on the third of August and it's so funny. Like I celebrated for a whole week and I was um hanging out with a few friends over the weekend and they were like you know, with Leo's, your birthday is your whole personality trait. And I'm like, honestly, yeah, man, like, I can't even like, I'm obsessed with my birthday. It, it should be like a national holiday. I, I love 100%. it. <laughs> 100%. Yes, exactly. I love my birthday, too. I feel like birthdays are so fun. And it's just like, the best time always. I love making it like a whole month long thing. It's like the well, birthday month. You get month. your way for everything. That's the crazy thing. Like whatever you want. It's like, well, it's my birthday. Exactly. And then it's just done. <laughs> it's my birthday. So you have to do that favor that I asked, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So for anyone who's listening, who maybe hasn't tried a ray before or heard about it, or who hasn't seen your podcast or your platform on Instagram and TikTok, could you just share a little bit about you, what got you here, and just like the mission behind Array? So Array, we create 100% natural targeted supplements that work in under an hour. And, you know, we create really the highest quality products. We really want it to be um, easy to navigate and very kind of solution oriented, you know? So how I got here, I had a long history with immune system issues. So, um, you know, in high school, in university, I was on this hamster wheel of always getting sick, um, taking antibiotics, getting better, getting sick again, and then doing it all over again. And essentially, in my early 20s, I ended up fracturing a rib from a chronic cough. And that was, yeah, it was like a real, it was horrible. And Um, I remember going home from work and going to the ER because I was in so much pain. I couldn't under, like, I I didn't know what was going on, but it was like really, really painful. And um, I had a fractured rib. And when I spoke to my doctor about like next steps, I was just prescribed codeine and it just didn't feel like a good enough solution. You know, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can take this now but then what like this is just my life where like you know I end up fracturing a rib in my early 20s what about when I'm like 30 what about when I'm 40 or 90 you know yeah and so back then um, wellness was really not what it is today you know there's so much information out there today so many resources but back then um it was just this like weird topic you know I'm talking like six seven years ago 
it was just like it's, it was very granola it was very crunchy like no one really believed mm. in it I thought it was bullshit and but I was I was really desperate you know and so I started doing my research on all things holistic wellness and um, you know looking into what integrative medicine practitioners were saying and what naturopathic doctors were saying and I started experimenting with herbs minerals and vitamins and as I did I started to see huge shifts in my immune system and, you know, from there, I compiled this apothecary of products at home, like all kinds of supplements. And my husband, who's my co-founder and I, we realized that there was a big white space in the wellness industry, whereby, you know, you can go into a Sephora and the skincare industry is so easy to navigate as a consumer. You know, you go in, you find your products for your dark circles or your acne or what have you. It's formulated by a derm or a chemist, um, it's very like solutions oriented, you know, like when mm-hmm. you use it, you will actually see a difference. And also it was really beautiful. So people would get really excited to ritualize their skincare routine, whereas wellness was like confusing, everything was ugly. So like you'd buy something, you stuff it to the back of your pantry, you weren't sure if it was doing its job. And so that's kind of the problem that we wanted to solve. So we launched Array. We worked with a naturopathic doctor to formulate everything. Our USP is like, you'll actually see the results from the products quickly. So you know that it's working and, you know, hopefully it is the reason why you step away from um, chemically laden pharmaceuticals, you know, Um, and we made it really beautiful. So people would get super excited to use the product. So that is, you know, my long winded explanation of Array and how we got here. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I, I think you made such a good point about the wellness industry that it's so wild, I think, since the last two years. So since the beginning of COVID, maybe a little bit before to now, how much the wellness industry has changed and how almost like popularized it is right now. Yes especially Mm -hmm. the area of seeing it holistically and taking this holistic approach so I feel like you really had this like visionary perspective that you brought in pretty early on which is really cool that you were able to identify that white space and just like do something that was also driven by your own experience and I think whenever it's kind of coming from that place like something that you experienced that sucked but you want to be able to help other people and do it in a way that actually works is what helps it become more purpose-filled underneath it yeah I I couldn't agree more Carolina and you know I've spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs and I've seen a lot of businesses do well or not and I feel like the best businesses come from a place of like the founder themselves kind of having a problem that they really desperately want to solve and you know they they feel like their product genuinely like fills a void and a need and they can make the world a better place. So um, that was the case for me. And I'm really excited and honored that I get to do what I do every day. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned having met a lot of founders and how the, I think the founder experience itself is such a huge part of any business, but Mm -hmm. having seen businesses do well and some not as well, what have you learned that's helped you the most or that you've seen help other entrepreneurs the most? For context, for anyone listening who doesn't know this, I recently decided to take the leap into just being a full-time content creator and entrepreneur. And I feel like I'm still so early on in my own entrepreneurial journey. So I would love to learn from you and like pick your brain a little bit about what's helped you and what you've seen has helped other successful entrepreneurs. 
So I think that the most common trait is, of course, like, you know, having a passion for whatever you're doing. Um, I think that that is just number one, because the thing is that when you're passionate about something and like really, really believe in your heart and soul that it's what you're meant to do and that, you know, you have something special that you're doing, then the, all the no's you hear kind of tend to like roll off your back, you know? And I think that if you are an entrepreneur or you're thinking of starting a business or being a solopreneur, something you have to get really comfortable with is not taking things personally. You know, you're going to hear no a lot. People aren't always going to be super nice to you and that's okay. Um, it's nothing to take personally. It's almost like something to fuel you to prove that like, no, I can do that. Watch me. Um, (laughs) So I think like that is probably like the number one thing that you just can't take no personally or let it like impact you emotionally either. Um, Which by the way, like it's something that I think is pretty natural to us to kind of take things to heart at the beginning of our journey. But the more you deal with it, the more you get comfortable with it. And then the Mm -hmm. other big thing is um, I think going to market and iterating. So what I mean by that is you're a content creator, right? And had you waited until your TikTok video was absolutely perfect before you put it out into the world or like started an account only when you were like super comfortable and knew exactly how to go about doing things, you wouldn't have taken off. The whole thing is that like, you have to be willing to throw things at the wall and kind of like pick up feedback. So for me, I'm like a product entrepreneur, right? So when we went to market with Array, the formulation of the product was perfect. But, you know, we went to market not knowing a lot of things. Like, for example, was the price something people were fine to pay? Um, How did they react to the packaging? Was there something we could do with the website that was better? And none of those things were perfect, but we went to market anyway And I think it was very valuable because we got to like iterate and play around and improve things based on what our customers were saying. So I feel like that's like a really important thing to keep in mind because a lot of the times when someone is thinking of starting a business um, or like, you know, a business, I mean like product, tech, content creation, whatever that is, you wait till you have the perfect product and I don't think that that's the right way of going about doing it, you know, and I learned this concept from my husband who comes from tech, whereby in Silicon Valley, people are just quick to go to market and iterate based on consumer feedback. And that's kind of the ethos that we've brought to Array as well, where like, of course, the formula itself is perfect, but um, everything else may not be. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Those are great tips. And I feel like especially the second point about going to market really quickly is really important because I think a lot of women that grew up with kind of this like hard worker mentality, like type A personality, a lot of the times, at least for me, and I feel like for a lot of women who I have met and who are part of my community, it's like perfectionism really comes up. And perfectionism is literally the definition of what you were just saying. Does it help in entrepreneurship? Because when you're waiting for something to be perfect, be it the perfect time or the perfect offering, the perfect video, the perfect day, you're just letting your ego and the part of you that's afraid of your own potential get in the way. Yeah. But it's very real at the same time. 
Yeah, I call myself a reformed perfectionist because I think if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you actually cannot be a perfectionist because there's too many things going wrong at any given moment. And um, there's this concept that uh, Reid Hoffman, who's the founder of LinkedIn, talks about, and it's the concept of like letting fires burn. Um, and again, like it's something that I've spoken to my husband about. He's the person who introduced me to it. And it's essentially the the concept of like, knowing that in your business, there is always going to be like 400 different things going wrong. And you have to pick which fires you're going to put out and which you're going to let burn, like intentionally, because some things, you know, won't ruin the business, but they are setbacks, but others will ruin the business if you don't get to it. So I think entrepreneurs have to get so comfortable with the idea of like, being very far from perfect because it's never going to be perfect. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Something's always going to go wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, especially recently, since I've kind of stepped into the shoes of more entrepreneurship, I've also realized that, I don't know, I feel like going into this entrepreneurial journey and choosing to build something for yourself that you are leading is in itself like a spiritual journey because like so much fear comes up so many limiting beliefs come up, so many setbacks come up and it's about continuing. Like the people who succeed and the people who fail both have the same goal. But the people who actually succeed are the ones who have more persistence and have this ability to, as you were saying, like look at a setback or at all of the setbacks that are kind of at play and figure out which ones do I need to handle right now and which ones can I let be and how can I let go of this perfectionistic mindset that, if it's not perfect, I'm not good enough or I'm failing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I just think that you can't let it get to you. Um, there's no such thing as failing, honestly. Um, I think that when you are on the path to success, like everything is a learning lesson. And I think that we just need to rebrand the concept of like failing because there's no such thing, you know? Exactly. I actually did. Do you know about EFT tapping? Or yeah, I yeah, love so- it. It's so good. Essentially, for anyone listening who doesn't know what it is, it's like there's different points in your head and in your face that you can tap and essentially you move through it by kind of outlining what might be holding you back and then moving through it verbally. Mm -hmm. And so I actually did one this morning about moving through fear of failure. And what he was saying is that there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. Yeah. And I loved that. I feel like that's kind of what you were saying, too, about using what you put out into the world and the feedback that you get to then improve it and letting that fuel the growth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that when you're going through an entrepreneurial journey, some things will stick and others won't. And, you know, you're going to hear no. And sometimes that no is for you to reflect on that. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's no right now. What can I do to change it? What could I have done better? And, you know, it's something that Nish and I have run into billions of times, you know, Um, but it really is like it as as um, your EFT person said, it's true. It's feedback and it's just a learning experience. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's really important. And looking back to when you first started with Mm -hmm. Array, how long ago was that? How many years? March 2020. Okay. Okay, awesome. So a little bit over two years. If you could go back to the beginning or even like, I'm assuming that's when you launched, but there was probably a lot of work that went into it before. Um, What would you tell yourself? What do you wish you could have heard back then? 
But what advice would you have given yourself? Um, I would have told myself that it's just not going to be perfect. <laughs> um, I don't think we waited for perfection, but I think that there were moments in time where we delayed ourselves because we were waiting for this or that to be perfect. And I think that, again, like, it's such a basic tip, but it's actually not basic at all because you think that you're supposed to do things a certain way when you're launching a business. But I wish I could have gone back and told myself that like, it's, it's fine. Just, just fucking do it. Sorry. I don't, I don't know. No, you can curse. It's curse. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, that's, that's probably what I would have told myself. Like it's the most valuable piece of advice. Um, and yeah, I think like I would have just told myself to like do it and do it quicker. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's great advice too. And I feel like at least for me, something that feels really overwhelming to me is the idea of having a physical product. Like the idea of bringing something to the world that's like you have to work with suppliers and you have to have the packaging and the label and all these different pieces and the shipping. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we live in such a digital age nowadays where there are a lot of different digital products and like services yeah. and offerings that you can have where I definitely want to have my own physical products in the future. But just the, the idea of starting is so overwhelming when it's like okay I have to bring something tangible to the world yeah. so what was that like when it came to building a ray you know I think you have to take it like step by step like literally putting one foot in front of the other because you know when I had this idea it's not like I knew anything about how to go about like you know idea to like something in my hand and so it really was identifying okay what is the first step to ensuring that I have like a great product? Okay, like, let me talk to doctors. And so that's what I did, you know, until we found the right doctor to formulate our product. Okay, all right. Next step. How do we make this product? Okay, like, let's find a manufacturer who will do like a small run for us. And then it was like, okay, like, let's figure out the branding. What do we need for branding? Who can we talk to? So it really was like going step by step. And I think that you have to be like a, like you have to be able to research a lot. You have to talk to a lot of people, I think. Um, but instead of letting like the concept of the whole thing overwhelm you, just focus on one thing that you can do. Just step, like focus on that one thing you can tick off your to-do list before you move on to the next. Yeah. I feel like that's really important because when, as I was saying, when you focus on the big picture and you're like, oh my God, I have to go from zero to like something in my hand, that feels overwhelming. But if you're able to break it up into steps, step one, okay, after step one, what's step two? And kind of moving it about that way and also learning a lot along the way. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's like same for someone who's starting out as a content creator, right? So say, for example, you decide, okay, I want to be a content creator. That's like my goal for my career. You're not thinking like, imagine if you think, okay, I have to be the best on Pinterest, TikTok, reels, photos, stories. I also have to have a blog and a podcast too. That is crazy. Okay. You're just gonna, you're gonna give up. You're not even gonna know what to do. It's just like, I'm scared thinking of it, okay? So you just <laughs> pick the first thing, right? Like, okay, where is the least friction? Where is Where will I see the most results? Okay, maybe that's TikTok. Maybe that's Instagram. Okay, let me go start there. Let me start building a community there so that I can set myself up for success on something else. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like step by step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 
I feel like for me, when I first started being a content creator, I started on TikTok and I was literally just doing it because I was doing a fitness challenge and I was sharing it. So it was very low stakes. Like I wasn't putting pressure on it being a career or being something like huge. And I feel like for a lot of times in my life, when something has ended up being something that worked out, it was when I put the least amount of pressure on it, at least at first and started small, even if it was kind of something that evolved on its own. But eventually, as it started to grow, and I was like, okay, now I have an Instagram. And then I was like, okay, now I have a podcast. And then now I have a YouTube. Now that I'm doing it more full time, it's a lot more manageable. But at first, when I was like, okay, I have to be perfect on everything, it was so overwhelming. So yeah. it really applies to everything, especially yeah. to, to content too, because I actually am currently writing an article about this. But when we say yes to too many things and we spread ourselves too thin, it's first the key to burnout, but also oh yeah, you are you end up over committing and under delivering, and yeah, have the most precious resource that you need, which is time to do everything. And also, you lose your creativity, you lose your purpose, like you just get kind of lost. So it's it, like don't let things overwhelm you. Like whatever it is you're doing, whether your goal is to have you know a tech product, like a you know a, a physical product, a course, content creation, whatever it is, go step by step. Up. like it doesn't have to be this big overwhelming thing yeah exactly and to anyone listening I feel like that's also such good advice with anything just focus on the first thing and the one where as you said that would move the needle the most yeah exactly so. exactly speaking of content I wanted to ask you I know you're you're big on Instagram you, you do amazing reels and you know you show your your healthy routines your day-to-day so how long have you been creating content for and what's that journey been like to also step into content more alongside being an entrepreneur too? Um, I went full-time as a content creator back in like 2016, I want to say. So I've been doing it for a minute. Um, I, I had my blog, which I don't write on anymore, sadly, because I'm so busy with Array. Um, but I had basically like, that's how I started. I had my blog and Instagram and that was kind of the basis of all things content creation for me. So, I mean, I think like I'm just a creative person inherently. And so it's always been a part of my DNA before, um, before moving into content creation full time, I worked at a magazine. And so, you know, I've, I've always had that creativity within me. And so, Um, I almost feel like content creation is what prepared me to be an entrepreneur because it gave me like a creative eye. It kind of like helped me understand what to look for when I was like building a brand, you know, from like things like Mm. aesthetic perspective, the storytelling, um, how we went about pitching, like all of those little things that, you know, as a content creator, I kind of applied it to um, Array as well. And obviously since Array has grown, I'm no longer like a creator by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you know, it's more so like it's something I do for fun more than anything else. It's like a creative release. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a great way for me to connect with um, my audience and like array customers and like the community that we have there. So the, like before it was my job, now it's almost like fun that supports yeah. array as well. For sure. For sure. I've met a few different creators recently who started around 2015, 2016, 2017. I feel like that was like the blog era. Like that was the era when a lot of people had blogs and then had Instagrams. Yeah. Oh my God. It was like, it was huge. And also I, by the way, like I loved having a blog because I'm a writer. Right. And so I just, I loved to write. And I think 
your a blog is like the perfect, it's like, it's your own website, right? It's like your own, like full, like, I mean, the same way that magazines have websites, you can kind of make that blog into whatever you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. So I really love that. And I honestly, I hadn't even realized that you've been in content for so long and you've kind of gone down this path of like starting out with content creation and then also moving into entrepreneurship and now content just being like more for fun. And I was like smiling to myself as you were telling your story too, because literally I feel like Leo as a sign is the sign of creativity. Like it rules astrology, it rules the fifth house and the fifth house is related to creative pursuits, hobbies and pleasure. And so I really, like, uh huh. And so, oh because- my god, that sounds like me exactly as like a human being. <laughs> it's literally your rising sign and your sun sign, so it's so connected to just like wanting to do things because you want to have fun along the way, and yeah, also just like wanting to express yourself and wanting to be creative. And I don't have any Leo like planets, but I have a North Node in Leo, which in astrology is like your purpose, or mm-hmm. in and um, Hindu would be your Dharma. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I'm here to embrace more Leo qualities and to step more into that energy. And so I feel like I'm kind of stepping into that recently. Hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you are, and if you've been loving the podcast, I would be so grateful if you took a minute of your day to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. And I am coming through with a little special gift of gratitude for those of you who do that so if you head to apple podcasts and leave a review i will leave the link for that on the show notes if you're listening on spotify or any other platform so you can head over to apple podcasts and if you leave a review and you take a screenshot of the review before you hit send and email that screenshot to contact at thecarolinalifestyle.com I will send you a free connect with your divine feminine meditation that I created I'm so excited about this meditation it's a combination of breath work visualization and affirmations to help you align with the highest and best version of yourself so again if you write a written review on apple podcasts snap a screenshot of it before you hit send and email it over to contact at thecarolinalifestyle.com i will send over the meditation so that is all and let's go on with the episode and then also the other thing i was laughing about to myself is that there's a, another thing in astrology that's called your midheaven which is basically mm-hmm. like the top point of your chart and it's like your 10th mm-hmm. house of career it's what kind of dictate your midheaven mm-hmm. and because you have a Leo rising, your midheaven is in Taurus. And mm-hmm. Taurus is all a lot about, and I'm a Taurus. And yeah. Taurus is about like the physical world. It's like the 3D. So it's like, mm-hmm. for example, bringing something and it's related to the body and health mm-hmm. and nature. Mm-hmm. And so wanting to bring something that's like naturopathic into physical form is like oh my what God. you're doing with that's, your career. That's insane. Isn't that so cool? Oh my God. How did you get so into astrology? What are your favorite resources? You tell me. I'm looking (laughs) into all of this now. I love astrology. I actually got into it at the end of 2019 into 2020 because at the time, my cousin who is from Brazil told me about this Brazilian website called Astrolink where you just Mm -hmm. like basically inputted your information and it kind of gave you a breakdown of your birth chart. 
And I started really getting into it. And they made an article that was like, preview of 2020 astrology. And so I remember in the end of 2019, I just read it. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen in March? Like, I was like, something's going to happen because they were saying there was no way. Big conjunction and it was going to resemble 2008 with the stocks crashing and stuff. So I remember I had just gotten back from my study abroad program in the beginning in March. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, the stocks are crashing. Let me go back to that article. And so I reread the article and I was like, this is literally describing what's currently happening. And are you so kidding? That's so wild. I was shook. And so that's when it kind of lit a light bulb for me. And I was like, there's definitely something to this. I need to learn more. And so I started going down a million different rabbit holes. I started kind of with my own birth chart. So just learning mm-hmm. everything I could, going to every single website and learning like, okay, what does it mean to have a Venus in Gemini? What does it mean to have a Mars in Scorpio? La, 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 la. And then I started just like reading a couple of different books. I did a natal chart 101 course also from this astrologer, Natalia Benson. And so I just kind of started going down that path. And then as I started getting my own chart read by astrologers, I also learned how to read charts for other people. So I do that too, more for fun, but I love it. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so cool. Thank you. It's so fun. I actually want to eventually create a like, needle chart or like how to read your own birth chart course but I feel like a lot of people would be interested in learning yeah I mean I feel like it's something people are so interested in but just confused as to where to start you know because it feels very overwhelming but it's like so interesting so yeah yeah, please please do something (laughs) I know I I feel like that's exactly how I felt back then too when I wanted to learn and I I think there's a lot of people who want to just be able to do it for themselves too yeah yeah like a lens of self-awareness the more I learn Mm -hmm. about astrology the more I'm like discovering my own self so yeah absolutely that's exactly I mean I I couldn't agree more amazing yeah I was just like now now that I know so much when I meet new people or when I'm just talking to people I start being like oh that's your moon in Aquarius or that's your law like I'm seeing the chart manifest in real life that is so wild. Oh my gosh. And so in the topic of spirituality, given Luna is a little bit more of a spiritual focused podcast or it started more focused on that, I would love to hear a little bit about what spirituality means to you and how it kind of plays a role in your life too. I think that it's really important to cater to your spirit and your soul like you do your body and your mind. Like I think that you have to do something for all three of those realms to really flourish in life. And it's interesting that I'm coming on this podcast because I literally just put out a reel today about like the three things that are like my non-negotiables every morning. And I did like, you know, for my mind, I walk and I listen to either a book or a podcast for my soul, I do like journaling every day. And then for my body, I work out. And, you know, I think like spirituality is like a really important part of who I am and like, kind of how I show up. So I'm really into reading books from spiritual leaders. Like I love Shaman Durek and Gabby Bernstein and, um, Uh, you know, even just like a little bit more, um, I guess, like, how to like, how to like, show up on a daily basis, you know, so from a place of love, and not from judgment, and I'm always looking to better myself in those areas as well. And I think that those concepts really help me show up with grace, um, when things go wrong as a leader, you know, so just like more patient, um, less angry, less judgmental, like, you know, 
if something doesn't go my way, my first instinct isn't like, why? It's more so like, it, this is probably for the best. You know, if someone has like reacted in a way that I didn't expect, it, it isn't to just be like, well, they're a bad person. It's more so like they must be going through something like, you know, like praying for them, whatever it is. So I just think that it helps me show up with like a lot more compassion and um, it, I don't know, like, I guess like it helps me control my temperament because I think that when you're going through the journey of entrepreneurship, there's so much, so much goes wrong, you know? And I think that spirituality is like an anchor for me because it, it allows me to kind of almost have like a stoic attitude when things don't go my way, you know? Yes. So, um, and then of course, like, on the positive side of things, there's also like the concept of manifestation, right? Like, I feel like so much that's happened with Array, I feel like I've manifested it. I've been really intentional about like, putting out there what I want to get from my business. And like, so much that's happened is like, almost inexplicable, you know, like, of course, like, I've like, we've both put in the work, Nish and I, and we have an incredible team. But at the same time, some sometimes things happen. And I'm like, shit like I wrote about that on my journal like how'd that happen you know and so it's kind of crazy yes and so I love that you mentioned that well first of all I literally have so many thoughts to share about that but I love that you shared that journaling for you is one of the tools that you do in the morning for your soul because Mm -hmm. a lot of people when they hear journaling they might think it's for their mind but mm-hmm. I do think it's a lot, of, a lot of the times it is for the soul too. It's like a way to channel. It's a way to just like let in, you, yourself get intuitive downloads. It's also a way for you to, as, as you said, manifest, set intentions. And it's so powerful to put pen to paper. I've, yeah. I've also been shook the times that I've written something down and then it literally played out in my own life. And I think, yeah, that, it's it's a very powerful modality, I think. Yeah. And I think that, as you were saying all that too, I had this download that a lot, as I said in the beginning, first of all, entrepreneurship is in itself a spiritual journey because there's so much growth that comes. There's so much that you're going to have to work through when it comes to your own ego of just like putting the ego aside. And as you said, looking at things with more grace, more compassion, trust, trusting in the timing too. And for sure. And not being so reactive, right? When you see certain things not go wrong or certain people get defensive or reactive to you, realizing like it's about them. It's not about me. And that can be really hard when it can feel personal, as you were saying, like even in the beginning Mm -hmm. with the no, like hearing a no and then feeling like it's about you. But yeah, it's often just about the other person if someone's reactive or something. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. And I think that journaling has definitely helped me tap into that for sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, when I say journaling is for the soul, think about how introspective journaling allows you to be, you know, like if like whatever it is you're going through, it's just you and your thoughts and your, like, you can reflect on things. You can kind of work through things. Like even, you know, when I'm anxious, I, I like, talk to myself as though I'm like a third person, you know, the same way that you'd speak to a friend. Because, you know, when you're really coming from a place of fear, it's probably your ego leading. So speaking to your ego with like a lot of love and kindness and like having it break down why it's feeling a certain way and like reassuring it that like, no, you know, like it's maybe not logical the way that I'm thinking about this, you know? So it really is like such a, it's a sacred modality, I think, because you can, you can do so much with it. Yeah, exactly. So 
I feel like I go through ebbs and flows right now. I'm a little bit disconnected from journaling. It's something I want to get back into because there's been periods of time where literally that was my nighttime routine. It's like I would get to bed early, especially in quarantine. And I would just like journal so much. And I feel like when life gets busy, it can be something a lot of people, myself included, end up putting to the side because I don't have enough time or whatever, like different excuses come up. But it really is sacred, as you were saying. So whenever you're journaling, do you just kind of mind dump? Do you like going through prompts? What's your favorite? I do like, honestly, it's what I need in the moment. So um, some of my favorite practices is I'll do like, a highest self practice. So for example, like in the morning, I will reflect on how the highest version of myself um, shows up to the day, you know, and I think that that really helps me helps give me like a framework for how to do certain things or like, you know, show up as like my most best positive self, you know, similarly, like, sometimes I'll do future you journaling, which is you know, writing about my life as though like a lot of the things that I'm currently in pursuit of have already happened, you know, so, you know, scripting, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I have woken up in this, like, blah, 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 you know, like by the beach, like whatever it is, whatever your future self you want for it, you know what I mean? Um, Or sometimes, like, as I said, like, if I wake up anxious, you know, I will speak to myself in the third person to work through that um you know and then sometimes it is like I don't know like also rationalizing with myself like if I'm upset about something like speaking to myself and trying to figure out like what is the root cause of that um sometimes it's sitting down with my current goals or like a bigger goal and outlining like okay like what do I need to do? Like, who do I need to show up as a person? Like, what are the tangible steps that I need to take? So there's like so much you can do with journaling. It really is about what you need in the moment. Or like, you know, if I'm like wanting to do more of a review, then I'll do like what I want more of, like what's lighting me up in life that I want to add more of. What are things that I want less of, which is taking away from my light. So um, these are all different practices. There's so many though. And that's like the beauty of it. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you just gave those ideas too, because what I got from it too, is that you move through it pretty intuitively. And I think that's like the best way to journal. There's no right or wrong way. It's not like you have to do the same prompts every day. Some people like more structure and they like the prompts, but I do think that what you were saying is really helpful too. just tuning into what you need in that day, what you're feeling and what would fuel you the most. Yeah, absolutely. And when I started my journaling practice, which was, I want to say in like 2014 or no, it was 2015, I think I did start off as structured because I didn't know what the hell to do. Right. So it started off with something as simple as the five minute journal. And that was like, oh my God, gratitude feels so amazing. And then as I got familiarized with that, then I started doing my morning pages, which is essentially a mind dump, which is three pages. Um, It can be found in Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, if your listeners want to look into it. Um, And then from there, as I got more comfortable with the modality, then I started to kind of play around with a bunch of different techniques, make up my own, you know, like things that I'd read about, like putting that into practice. So um, it's, it's been a journey, but like, this has been a part of my life for the last like seven years, you know? Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. And I, I've heard about the artist's way and the morning pages, and I feel like it's a great way to create the habit of showing up every morning. Absolutely. Yes. 
because I mean writing three whole pages is is a lot like I've I've never done morning pages but I have always realized that those people who do do the morning pages like you channel mm-hmm. so much creative energy right off in yeah a hundred percent you you really do it's it, like and I love that um three page thing as well because when you start it's like maybe a little bit awkward if this is your first time journaling and she says very clearly that like if you need to fill up three pages writing, I don't know what to write, then that's fine. Just go and do that. If you want to talk about, I ate this for breakfast, or I am so upset with my partner or what have you do that. You're not going to go back and read it. You're not out there to judge yourself, but as you become more comfortable with it, it will be a creative release for you. And things will come through that you maybe didn't expect. Exactly. Exactly. And so something else I wanted to ask you since you touched on your morning non-negotiables is with the life of an entrepreneur and also content creator, how do you practice showing up for yourself? You know, I know you you make a few reels about just your morning routine and showing the different things that you do, but I think that showing up for yourself as an entrepreneur with a very busy life is extremely important because if not, it's very easy for you to just get led and taken away by every demand that's coming up throughout the day so mm-hmm. how have you been able to find a good balance and a routine that works for you and that fuels you so I think that um without any routine right like if I were just to wake up and jump right into meetings I think that inherently I would be just a lot more reactive than proactive and that's something that I don't do well with And I think that the things that I do, my three non-negotiables, like I do have a longer routine, but like no matter what, I will not skip on these three things specifically. And the reason, and just to reiterate, that's like a walk. So getting outside first thing and getting sun, um, or like even if it's rainy or cloudy, I will still get outside because that's like important. Um, Number two is journaling and number three is a workout. Um, and I will always find time to do these three things because um, I think that it leads to more productivity as well. Like science has shown that up to two hours after your workout or like some sort of a movement pattern, um, you are your brain functions better. So the thing that would normally take you a longer time to do, you may be able to do it in a shorter period of time on account of working out, right? So like, it's not just endorphins, it actually adds to your productivity as well. Um, So, you know, all of these things that I do, these three things, and by the way, it doesn't take all that long. And like, I think that if you're new to journaling, maybe you don't want to journal, maybe you want to meditate, whatever the hell that is. Um, it's whatever makes you show up as the best version of yourself, right? So these are my three, that journaling practice, sometimes all I have time for is five minutes, and that's okay, right? Like, it is just like about doing that practice and and having it be a part of your routine. Um, So I just like whatever I do in the morning, I feel like it's, it's not, it's not like a fun time, you know, it is like, I really, really enjoy it, but it's actually like leading to how I show up for the rest of the day. And, you know, there have been times where I've had, you know, zero time to do my morning routine. And I can tell you, Carolina, like just without a shadow of a doubt, those days I'm anxious. I'm not as productive. I feel like the day was a wash and why would I do that to myself? You know, I'm literally literally laughing because I'm the exact same way. I feel like the days, especially the workout fact, I didn't know about that statistic about the brain and the productivity hack, but 
I literally feel the same exact way. And I have recently reconnected to morning movement. I've been traveling mm-hmm. a lot this year. I feel like the most I've ever traveled in my entire life. And it's been really hard for me to keep up with a routine with so mm-hmm. much travel. And so this summer, in the last like two months, I really set the intention. I was like, I really want to reconnect to movement. I really feel called to showing up for myself in that way. And ever since I started doing that again, my energy levels are so much better. I feel so much better. And on the days that I don't work out, like yesterday, for example, was a really busy day. And I just kind of like jumped right into work in the morning. And I felt that way. I felt the way that you described, like just more reactive and kind of like, ugh, like it was a wash of a day. Yeah. And the thing is that, by the way, like if someone doesn't want to work out for whatever the reason you're intimidated by go on a long walk right like just go move your body that's that's it that's like really the only criteria yes I love you know to go to the gym or do Pilates and like honestly speaking it is very good for us to kind of add in that kind of movement as well that's like challenging and like you know it's good for longevity and it has like so many so many benefits but even if you're like intimidated by that just go out on a walk like just go out on a walk. Like that is a good enough workout for you exactly. if that's where you're starting, you know? Like it's better than not doing anything and it's very beneficial. Exactly. Or even 10 minutes of movement. Like the Absolutely, power of yeah. a short workout at home in a yoga mat, any workout is incredible. I know. I know. And the thing is like I think when people think of workouts, right? You're like it has to be perfect, you know, all or nothing and that's just not how it works. Like I was chatting with Megan Roop on my podcast and she said something very valuable, which I think that most people don't realize. And that is that her most successful clients who have seen like the most results, who felt the best have been people who've shown up on the mat no matter what, you know, consistently. And that means that on a day where they can only get in 10 minutes, that's all they'll do that is the thing that'll ensure that you're not starting at day one. It's the thing that'll make it a habit that you're showing up no matter what. It's a busy day. No problem. Just 10 minutes and you will feel better. You will like see results. You'll get stronger. And I think like, yeah, just like habitualizing it is key. A hundred percent. I know Melissa Wood Health says that a lot too. And that's the truth. It's the truth. And it's what kind of has shifted my mindset too, because Throughout my wellness journey, I've really had to learn to move beyond all or nothing mentality. I yeah. used to be very much all or nothing. And I think that's a pattern for perfectionists or people who, you know, again, want to do it perfect and then fall off of it one day and then they give it up. And that's something I've worked through with my coaching clients too. That's like, I call it the and or the or mindset where it's like mm-hmm. the or mindset is like, either I do it all perfectly and I do it all yeah. in this exact way or I don't do it. But the and mindset is like, I can do a, a short walk and eat ice cream today. Like, yeah. I can do both. And Absolutely. It doesn't have to be perfect. And so when I reconnected to my movement journey in the last couple of months, that's been kind of what's driving me. It's like it's better to show up in a small way than to not show up at all. A hundred percent. And all those small things that you do consistently on a daily basis, like whether that's 10 minutes one day or 30 minutes the next, or maybe it's five, it all adds up, right? It is like, you know, it it, it makes you more resilient. It makes you also, I think, better as a human being, because who we are is like how we keep the promises to ourselves. 
you know? And every time you say, I'm going to do this, and then you can't do it because you like fell off the wagon, quote unquote, like after a week, because you couldn't go as hard, you're breaking a promise to yourself. Instead, just show up, just show up for like, however long that is. Um, Because how you do anything is how you do everything, you know, and like you like you need to keep that promise to yourself, you need to honor yourself. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And I've heard a quote in the past too, that's, that's the root of confidence. Confidence is keeping the promises For sure. that you make to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I think that the people who are the most confident, um, who get the most done are people who honor that relationship with themselves. Like they will show up for whatever promise they've kept for themselves. Exactly. And there is a lot of power in those 1% daily wins that it might not feel like you did a lot. If you show up for 10 minutes or five, but in the long run, when it adds up, it's 1% that you're showing up every day. It really just exponentiates. And yeah, oh, 100%. It's, it's very powerful. Yes, exactly. So on that amazing note, let's move on to some quick rapid fire questions to close out the episode. Don't You don't have to overthink them, but okay. just let them channel through you. So let's the first it. one is what makes you feel like your higher self? um my morning routine (laughs) (laughs) I kind of expected that one do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by don't wait for perfectionism yes and then the next one is what books have been really important in your own journey or what books would you recommend to anyone who's listening Oh my God, there are so, so many. I'm a crazy person when it comes to books. I go through like four or five a month. Um, Some favorites, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear is an incredible read if for someone who hasn't read it. Yeah, it's so, so good. Um, I love The Betty Body by Dr. Stephanie Estima. It's all about like nutrition, hormones, et cetera. So it's like good if you're into health and wellness. Um, what else have I really liked? The Untethered Soul by Michael something. I forget his last name. Yes. It's again, like amazing. Um, the alter ego effect is one that I really loved. Um, I think it's by Todd Herman. Um, what else? There's so many. Oh, I loved, uh, Spirit Hacker by Shaman Durek. That was amazing. Judgment Detox by Gabby Bernstein. Incredible. Um, I can go on and on, by the way, like this list will not stop. Like you get me talking about books, I can talk all day. Yeah, I, I love to read. Do you have a Goodreads? I actually don't. Um, or I do, I have an account, but I don't like update it. But like, if I, if I did my God, like I, I think I'd be one of the top percent of people who use that app. (laughs) I love Goodreads. You should definitely get one account because it, it's fun to see your bookshelf and all the books that you've read and just keeping track of all of it so love okay I'm I'm gonna do it and then the last one is if someone who's listening to this episode actually didn't listen to anything that we Mm -hmm. just talked about and they just heard this part what would you want to leave them with um consistency is everything continue consistent yeah yeah it's so important with everything exactly exactly amazing thank you so much this has been so fun I feel like time has just flown by so play yourself tell everyone listening where they can follow you where they can find array where they can get the products 
Amazing. Um, so you can find me on uh, Instagram at Sif Hyder. You can find my podcast, the Dream Bigger Podcast, anywhere where podcasts are found. Um, you can find Array on all social media platforms at Array.co and shop us on Array.com. Amazing. I will have all of that linked in the show notes. And thank you so much again. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yay. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.